0: Las Vegas when I stood in front of you guys this morning and I told you we had plenty more than enough to get it done if you just trusted in your brother trusted in what we do around here and then what was it no hesitation shoot your shot every single play you are prepared and ready to go play your best game yet you guys just did it give it up again
1: (laughs) Cofield and Company NFL Insider, Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk, joins us now.
2: Solid. No Dan Lanning, but Kevin O'Connell there with the speech.
1: They got it done. They got it done. DeMond is here. No Josh McDaniels either. We don't get fish back. We don't get fish back around here. Laughing
2: in the background is Miles Simmons. Miles, as you come in here, I know we just played O'Connell for you, but... Um, we do have to finish up on a couple of conversations, and we want you involved. One, Adam, uh, after we just had uh, Sammy P. talk about Colorado being just a juggernaut down the road, I do have a bet over the next two years for wins, Arizona football against Colorado football.
1: This year counts and next year counts? Mm, ne-
2: fresh start no, next two next years. The next two?
1: Yep. Well, I don't f- – I. Don't think Dion will be there in two years. So okay. I think uh, Colorado will take a pretty good step forward next year, and then a big step back okay. the second year.
2: Um, for Miles, how about this assertion, Sam? And I want to get this correct. Sam essentially he did suggest that every top African American recruit will absolutely consider Colorado. Do you agree with that, Miles?
3: Hundred percent. Yes. Why would you not? I mean, I, I I would. I mean, certainly if if I were considering Bama. Like, you know, especially if I'm in the transfer portal, right, and I'm a defensive player and I could go and maybe play with Dion or I could go to Saban, like I could go to Georgia and those two teams would be good. But if they're not showing me that they really want me, that they love me, I mean, why would I at least not have Dion's school on my list? I mean, this guy is a Hall of Famer in the sport that I'm playing. And we know that he can coach and we know that he can bring in guys and we know that, you know, I mean, this is he's he's going to have you at least relevant. Right. People are going to be able to look at you and they're going to see you because you're playing for Dion. So absolutely. If that's something that, you know, I, I yeah, I would absolutely have that on my list if I were a college football player.
2: If you're on the line, especially offensive line, he may not know your name. So that could be a negative. Sorry. Well, big fella. But, you know, you're important, but you're not that important for me to learn your name. Um, and I could, I could, the five schools I would consider, um, and I'm going to make myself African-American in this case. So maybe I don't understand the, uh, the connection to Dion the way I should would be Georgia, USC, UCLA, Michigan, and Texas. So
3: I wouldn't, why would I consider SC? Are you nuts? Caleb Williams isn't going to be there.
2: And the next Caleb hey, hey. Williams will maybe, and Lincoln Riley will. That, this is this is another good, let's just go right to it. Maybe. I I believe Lincoln Riley is being graded on a ridiculous curve.
3: Why? He has made a mistake. This is the he, second time in like three, three hits that I've just caught to the, this just hit oh, you with the, the y. Y. Just, yeah. I,
2: Because I think he made a mistake. Mistakes happen. He screwed up the season and he kind of screwed up last year in the quick fix rebuild by sticking with a guy at the defensive coordinator. He blew it. Now, can he make up for that by going out and getting a really good defensive coordinator? Of course he can. He is not a buffoon. People, is like all oh, he knows is offense. He's an idiot. Like he knows he knows how to coach, uh, well, he's coach too, football. He's too loyal. He he
1: blew it here. He's he too loyal. Yeah, he he won't he won't get rid of his best friend.
2: And if you're going to be transactional and go and buy and augment your roster, spend it on freaking defensive players. Whether you're building from the the freshman ranks, the 2024 ranks, or. Uh, on the the transfer market, he's got to pay attention more to defense, but it's not hopeless.
3: Well, here's here's where I think Lincoln Riley's problems really are. It's and you know Bill Plaschke of the Los Angeles Times wrote a good column about this after Saturday's loss. Like he's coaching as if there aren't any expectations that is, and as if he is not in the second biggest media market in the united states yeah. and i think that some of the things that are going on with the program as a whole that stem from him in the leadership position are not good enough right he's got the same record right now as clay helton and he's got a heisman trophy winner clay Helton didn't have anybody near as talented as caleb williams you know in his first two seasons there at usc so i, I think the job that he's done is a little inexcusable and also Ooh. it's not like we're setting these expectations because he's just there, like he just happened he set them. you know there are things that he has said where it's yeah we expect to be competing for championships and so he's not coaching this team to that level right now and so i think every bit of criticism that he's getting is fair
2: is he also showing bad signs about himself, now having two issues with the media. The first one was banning yes. a reporter temporarily, and this most recent one was not making the players available after a loss. You're an educator. Uh, the kids are big boys. Many of them are now getting paid. Um, you know what? One of the things you need to teach athletes in college that it doesn't always go your way. It might have gone your way almost every time in high school, and it may have gone your way a lot in college. Sometimes you got to face the music. It sucks at times for all of us. Go out there. And nut up and speak in a bad time to the media
3: yeah and if you're a captain that's what that that's what you're elected to do right you are elected to speak for the team Caleb Williams is a Heisman trophy winner he speaks for the team and when you don't perform at the level that you want to perform at and you are disappointed you know he's sitting there on the bench like I can't believe this is happening It's a human moment when you can go into the press room and then explain why it is that you feel that way or try to put it into words. And I think as a Heisman Trophy winner and as the leader of that team, that's part of the expectation. Look, again, you're at USC, right? You are at the second biggest media market in the United States. And the way that this program operated under Pete Carroll in the past, right, and other coaches in the past as well, that's not the way things used to be and from everything i've heard since i've lived here for the better part you know of the last eight years whatever you want to call it. so i i just i don't think that he's doing the student athletes a service by acting that way and i also don't think he's doing himself any service by acting that way okay
1: adam let's get to the nfl all right <laughs> okay uh well first want to get to we were gonna address this uh with Sam Peniadvich earlier uh, from a betting perspective, but uh, just from your perspective, the Bajan Robinson situation I think is fascinating. Um, yeah. That. So what happened? He was he came down ill the night before the game, uh, showed up, warmed up, was active, and then really didn't play. They got him in there for a carry late in the fourth quarter on the potential. Uh, game winner in the game winning drive they finally got him in there fans bettors fantasy players are outraged and usually i would say even though i'm in that community i would say shut up teams can do what they want it's fine they don't have to tell you but the nfl is taking money from fantasy sites from betting sites it's an integrity fee like that's what they're supposed to be doing they've got to figure something out and i don't know what the right answer is I don't know what's really going around league circles, but it sounds like the league is actually upset with the Falcons and could try to do something. I guess what is the next step here?
3: My understanding is that the league is looking into and is going to follow up, quote unquote, with the Falcons because at a certain point, if you are not going to play a player – then it's either going to be coach's decision which makes sense i mean for certain players but Bijan robinson is the seventh overall pick right and it's not like he's been performing badly so there was no reason to think that he wouldn't be a big part of what they were trying to do offensively on sunday and if he is dealing with an illness that's something that should be listed on the injury report so it should he should have been announced at some point that you know he is questionable to come in with an illness And it's very, very easy for a team to do, and it's easy for a team to announce. And if that's the case, and that's what's happening, then there is no reason to not reveal that, I don't think. I I don't understand why you wouldn't do that, especially once the game has started. It's not like there's any real competitive advantage to you being like, I mean, like, he isn't necessarily okay, but, like, he is, but he's not. And so, I mean, we had folks at PFT texting the Falcons PR staff and it's like yeah there's no update to share and it's like well there's something going on and then Arthur Smith tells sideline reporter oh he's not feeling himself and then after he says that he was he'd come down with something so that's where the disconnect is it's not necessarily just that it's a big deal within the betting communities it's also it's been on the books for a long time that if somebody has an illness that's something that you put on the injury report so that's where the NFL doesn't necessarily have to say well this is in some ways about embedding betting excuse me in embracing betting and fantasy sports and all that which it is low-key but also you have this long-standing rule that if somebody's injured or somebody has an illness they that needs to be reported yeah
1: do you i mean what do you think do they get fined what do they do
3: yeah, they could get fined for that. Yeah, I mean that's usually what happens if somebody does not properly disclose an injury. I mean, it, and if it if there are repeated violations, then that could escalate to them potentially losing a draft pick. I don't think that this situation is going to merit that, but I I think that there could be some kind of fine. It probably wouldn't be that heavy of a fine, but there could be a fine.
1: The Vikings last night, and we you know we got to hear from from O'Connell, who I know uh, fired you up uh, oh, no, here nice. earlier. Um, <laughs> How much did that change their season winning that game last night? Because the trade oh, deadline's coming up. There was a lot of rumors about a lot of guys on that team. And now all of a sudden, they're three and four. They have a very, very, very easy schedule ahead. How much does that change just the outlook for the rest of the year?
3: I think this entire week changed the outlook for the Vikings, right? Whether it was their victory on Monday night, or you're talking about Detroit going to Baltimore and getting blasted and losing the way that they did. Now they have another loss. You look at what uh, green Bay did and that just awful performance, especially at the end of the game with Jordan love. I mean, I don't, I don't know what to make of what's going on there, but you can look at those teams in the division, and, I mean, yeah, the Bears beat the Raiders, but, you know, sorry, guys. I I know, but sorry. Look, this is now a team... In Minnesota that that's pretty competitive right and they did that last night without Justin Jefferson and I I think that that's really impressive Jordan Addison breaking out in the way that he did could not have come at a better time for them KJ Osborne still making plays TJ Hawkinson did a lot of things over the middle so. It seems like their offense is starting to click, starting to hum a little bit. And if they can get a couple more wins, you know, with stay, keep the ship afloat while they're waiting for Justin Jefferson to come back, then that's going to help them. And really, I think Brian Flores has done a really nice job with that defense. We saw the difference now between what he can do with them and what Ed Donatello, their former defensive coordinator, did last year. It's kind of night and day. And so Minnesota should still be competitive, I think, throughout the rest of the season.
1: Packers? Falcons, Saints, Broncos, Bears, Raiders—next six games.
3: Yeah, <laughs> they come like, why them. not? Yeah, like let's go. You know, let's... this is the time we turn it on. Like I want, I want so many more Kevin O'Connell victory speeches. Uh, it's going to make my head spin. I freaking love those things, man. Do
1: you want more Josh McDaniels victory speeches?
3: Um, I mean, I, <laughs> I bet Josh McDaniels would like to do a few more Josh McDaniels victory speeches. <laughs> man, what, what, what happened in Chicago? How are you gonna let the secret Bejant man defeat you like that? And, and why did Brian Hoyer start that game over A. O'Connell? No I mean, it's I'm not, asking all not, of these it's questions. It's not the preseason. Because, like, you, there
1: you go. It's not the preseason I mean, anymore. But,
3: but, but see, I, I heard that and I saw that and I just thought, well, then why in the bleep did you start him against the Chargers? Like, what? What's our decision making process here? Because he he played decently well Wait, against Los Angeles Chargers. What? Aiden O'Connell. Did were we? Why do were people we lost, keep saying that? Thank I you. don't
1: know. I don't know why people keep saying this. That was a okay. horrific performance. It was the uh, sacks, were on, the he fo- he, the sacks were on him. Chargers. The sacks were on him. The sacks were on him. He fumbled, what, 13 or 14 times in that game. Uh, He would not read a defense. (laughs) He did not know where to go with the ball. And then all of a sudden, as we pointed out, the Chargers started playing the game like they were up 138 to nothing for some reason. And then all of a sudden the numbers look good at the end of the game. I still don't know why, but he had no awareness of where he was on the field. I don't know where this narrative comes from that he played okay in that game.
3: I mean, I, I, that was my read on it from watching the game. Now, was I watching it is, is, absolutely intently? Probably not. But, I mean, if you say that, I, I believe you. You see it every day. You could, You could have been so, there, Miles. It was right down the street. Yeah, well, I have other things that I need to do. It's like I'm not going to this game between the Chargers and the Bears on <laughs> Sunday. I'm not, Miles, I'm not that. Miles, I'm Miles,
1: Miles Simmons, pro football talk. Why do you— well, Hold on it, a
3: second. Wait, Let me jump in for a second.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. Now that Blueface is going to SoFi— <laughs> Uh, this is one of my favorite things that I saw. Uh, you saw Blueface with all the strippers and uh, making it rain. Oh, strings. I did see I mean, this. It, yes, it, be- I it becomes kind it. of a must-see date every week in L.A. now. Unless, and, and has he been banned? Got- By the way, has he been banned yet?
3: yet. I, I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah. I was texting one of my friends that, so, that works Blueface. for the Rams about that. Yeah, uh, so that's crazy. I mean, the, the Rams have Blueface, whoever Blueface is. What this is like second rapper in a row that you guys have just like told me about. I, I mean, I don't know who that guy oh, is. I just don't. Man. Like, who was who the other one? Red, sexy, sexy, sexy red, sexy red.
2: Yeah, sexy red. You didn't do any yeah, research I don't know, on that. I don't
3: know who that is yeah. And why? Ski- by the By
2: the way, going back like going back like eight minutes ago, why did I even ask you about Colorado football and who's gonna go there and if recruits are interested?
3: i don't know man. come on man <laughs> it's, a good point. it's a good point get it together i'm not i'm not like there are certain things that i know that are you know in vogue and in culture and yeah. like football is kind of yeah. one of them i don't so, the music stuff but the yeah the, the rams have blue face and the chargers have a, a fan that that's, is getting on my and that's I what her. i was that's
1: what i was getting I to why do you why? as an organization why hate this poor woman who's just trying to be a fan of her team Are you talking about as a PFT organization? Yes. Why Why, do you, as pro football talk, hate her so much?
3: I mean, I can't speak for Mike. I can only speak for me. I just, I don't like people trying to get their 15 minutes of fame like that. She just loves her team, Miles. No, she doesn't. I mean, it's, it's all, I mean, it's not necessarily an act that she loves her team. It's just the whole, like, why, why are you doing that? Like, nobody acts like that. Just, just, just be a fan, man. Like. I don't know, like a- a- to each their own. I'm not meant to understand <laughs> nobody, everything. Nobody this is the kind like of thing that. that I have just, I have come to accept now, as I am 32 years old. Like there are just some things that I'm not going to understand in life. I don't understand why the hell she wants to act like that. More power to her. I just, I, I would prefer to see Taylor Swift on my television Ooh, than her. Wow. I just, What's like, enough?
2: Wow. Uh, Miles Simmons is with us from Pro Football Talk. What's more acceptable, Uh little Asian lady Charger fan, or and her behavior, or? Vegas Ralph walking up on Mark Davis at the Aces Parade and having a big sign saying, Fire Josh McDaniels. And then Mark actually engaging him. Did you see this one?
3: I saw something about it. I didn't actually see the video. I mean, kudos to Mark Davis for engaging him, I guess. He probably should not have. Yeah, I mean, That's annoying when, like, look, the man's celebrating a championship for the team that he owns. Like, that's not... That, I, don't, I don't think that that's appropriate either. I, like, that's not a Raiders event. It's, a, it's an Aces event. Why are we trying to spoil what the Aces have done and what and their winning and how good that they've been? And honestly, the investments that he has made into that team have been really remarkable and, I think, admirable. So I don't understand why we hmm. have to do things like that. <laughs> oh no. I don't like that.
2: No, I just I'm, I, I keep sitting down and trying to sit out. Um, could Raiders fans have the approach? Hey, Mark, pay attention to the football team.
3: Seriously, oh, I, what does that mean? I mean, well, why why do we think that he's not paying attention to the football team? He's paying attention.
2: He, he went out and paid Becky Hammond freaking ten times whatever he, every other WNBA coach is yeah. making. He built a facility. I mean, there is no cap and there's whoa, no limit whoa, wait, wait. to what whoa, whoa, he wants whoa, whoa, whoa. to do. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're gonna but say like how about the some... Raiders?
3: Don't we're gonna say that the Raiders don't have a state of the art facility? No, no,
2: I'm not. It's not the facility. It's the message by being the only WNBA team that has a practice facility. There's never been yeah. one before. But yeah. my bigger point is. Josh McDaniels, from the beginning, was a very interesting hire. And there was, whether you like it or not, whether you like him or not, and now the latest cheating scandal, I think Jim Harbaugh had some interest in this job, and they just kind of brushed him off. And he, he's a weird guy. He's a weird guy. But now when you look back at it, you know, did Mark make the right decision in shooing Jim Harbaugh away and hiring Ziegler and McDaniels?
3: I think, I, I'll, I'll put it this way. I think I understand the approach that Mark Davis was going for when he hired McDaniels and also hired Ziegler. You're trying to hire two people who are on the same page with personnel, two people who know each other, two people who trust each other and understand each other. And, you know, I say what you want about the Belichick tree and Josh McDaniels obviously was very unsuccessful with Denver. He's not been successful with the Raiders either, but when you're talking about somebody who's a really good offensive mind and what is this league going for? Well, it's offense. I mean, why would you think that that's not necessarily the right thing to do? I mean, if you're just going on history, yeah. But there is a long, long time between when Josh McDaniels was a head coach then and what he is now. And, like, look, if he continues to not do very well this season and loses to teams like the Chicago Bears who are starting an undrafted free agent at quarterback, I mean, then, yeah, we need to have a bigger conversation toward the end of the season if he continues to stay pet. But, like, I don't think the hiring of, of McDaniels and Ziegler was so bad. I I I don't. I understand what he was going for. It may not work out, but I can understand what he was going for there.
0: Miles, something that's close to my heart, and I feel like the league should step in here, Howie Roseman needs to leave the Tennessee Titans alone.
3: <laughs> wow. I mean, we'll see what Bayer does, right? He's, he's older a little bit. He's coming back to West Philadelphia, born and raised and all that, so that's really cool. Um, I think that – the Titans are reeling a little bit. I mean, whenever Mike Vrabel's talking about starting yeah, like the if Ryan Tannehill can't start, then we're gonna play both quarterbacks. Like, good lord. Like I would maybe want to get out of there if I were a veteran. That sounds awful. Ryan Tannehill's got two touchdowns to six interceptions too things don't look great there right now for the titans and so they, they may have to bottom out before they can get better but it's not uh, it's not a good situation there
1: so miles claims to be 32 doesn't know sexy red or blue face but can uh, drop a will smith uh, rap reference that's they go. Impressive. I, I caught that huh so you're actually 52 i think is the, oh, is the getting jiggy the with it uh, uh no 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 wow uh byard <laughs> i guess they're they're kind of toxic now too so i don't think we can go with them either uh <laughs> Bayard did get traded. Should Devonte Adams be traded?
3: Uh ask me in two weeks. I don't. I want to know what the Raiders' <laughs> record is then. Okay. I, uh, wait. Fair. The yeah, because that's when the trading deadline it's next is, next, right? next, it's Tuesday, next, it's, it's next Tuesday. I already? think it's next Tuesday already. So, good lord, man. I man. <laughs> Sneaking this up. This season on us. goes by fast. It's,
1: it's wild. I mean, they're gonna lose this week to to the Lions, right?
3: I would expect that. Yeah. I mean, I the, the, yeah. I. I I think it would be tough to move Devontae Adams a little bit because of the contract. Um, So they would have to figure something out there. Uh, But, you know, if I'm an interested team, if I'm like the Chiefs or one of these other teams, right, that may need a a bigger piece at receiver, yeah, I I would check in with the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders are not going to trade Devontae Adams to the Chiefs. But if you're an NFC team, you know, and, and there's somebody that you think can replace them, um, yeah, yeah, I think that that somebody, you something you want him to replace somebody on your team already. Yeah, I would check in with the Raiders.
2: Miles, we appreciate it and uh, talk to Florio. Enough with the uh, the bashing of the Chargers man.
3: Come hey on. man, he's gonna bash whoever he wants to bash. <laughs> but and so, yet, uh, but yet he
2: loves Kirk Cousins.
3: Oh good lord, I don't even want to get started on. I that I,
2: today. I saw your tweet very much suggested that. Yeah yeah yeah. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Some people are weird. Some people are weird. Thanks, Miles.
3: Uh, all right, take care, guys.
2: Well, we got them back to back weeks or back to back appearances. Why? Well, uh, I'm gonna say right now, I was very nice to him because I could have gone down the debate club path with the whys like he did to me about four weeks ago with Staley. <laughs> Josh McDaniels right now, there's a lot of whys. Right? I mean if you just keep saying why, like it and and this show did I mean we didn't flip out, but we did all express our objections or concerns with the hire. And I, I will go back to the the fan who was at the he's at the spray. spray. You don't need to – don't get, like, violent or super obnoxious. You know, if he started chasing after Mark and he's, like, knocking him down. But he has every right, if Mark Davis is out in a public spot, to go and, and complain about Josh McDaniels. And we played the bite earlier. It's hard to hear Mark Davis. But, you know, Mark Davis said, hey, I, I heard you. I've been nice. You know, why are you still doing this? And then the <laughs> guy was like, you need to hear it. Um, he heard you. I mean, there. I, I don't think it's a problem for Raiders fans to look at this and go – there, there needs to be some more attention on what the Raiders are doing. And it doesn't mean you don't have to run the Aces, but... And I know it's a whole different set of circumstances. But if I'm a Raiders fan, I'm a little annoyed. Yeah. It, I, and then it, it, it's... Don't now do I'm going to get everyone mad because now Aces fans are going to be like... Aah! Okay. It is easier to win in the WNBA. Sure. Okay. The league doesn't have that many teams. They got a break with multiple number one picks... Uh, they have also violated, in many ways, the spirit of the league from a money standpoint. They've they have been dinged for salary cap violations, or I don't know what they did. Pulled like a Brady thing, where it's like, hey, promise for the future. But they got hit on that now, front.
1: Now they might have to pay Becky more because the Mercury overpaid for their coach more than Becky gets. So
2: there's some issues here, and if I were Raiders fan, I'd be really frustrated.
1: Yeah, but I, I don't think you'd be frustrated because he's spent resources on the aces. I mean, that, that one doesn't have anything to do with the other.
2: I mean, the million dollars he gave to the UNLV athletics program—brilliant move. That was great. But you, but you can, if you look at it as a Raiders fan,
1: you could you could be frustrated right now. Yeah, performance-wise, but don't don't blame it on you know the other side. Don't say, hey, if he wasn't spending so much resources on the aces, the Raiders would be better. No, they wouldn't.
0: Are Manchester United fans attacking the Glazers because they won a Super Bowl with Tampa Bay a couple years ago?
1: Probably, yeah. yeah they well, are. they're attacking American ownership in general. I think.
2: Well, John Henry's been attacked. Oh, I don't even know if he owns a soccer yeah. team anymore, but he was attacked for a while. A lot of Red Sox fans were like, "Dude, uh, enough with the freaking soccer! Pay attention to baseball."
1: I think you. Could, I think you can do both. I, they're not making like day-to-day decisions.
2: So, and you have no reaction. You know what? We'll build on, on the other side because I wanted to talk hardball anyway. Like, let's not forget what was going on at the time, right? We all just kind of moved on from Harbaugh real quickly, and I don't know, you start to look at it now, Harbaugh, I think, is going to be a super hot commodity this next hiring cycle, and the Raiders are going to be doing well with Josh McDaniels at that point. Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio on ESPN Las Vegas. Damn. We talked a lot about prime, a lot about prime. And now we've got two bets on Colorado. We've got our over under win total for this season. That's at 7. I've got the under, you've got the over. You're screwed. Um and then we then I doubled down kind of I don't know, it's a, it's kind of a sneaky bet. Arizona football wins next 2 years, 24 and 25 versus Colorado wins. And as Adam and John both pointed out, they think prime will only be there for one more year. I don't believe that. So I made I'm I made the bet in with true integrity. Right? I think he'll be there for the next two years prime. Going against well. Jed Fish and Zona and uh their little five foot four quarterback Fafita, who I really like.
0: When they so, get eleven wins next year, I'll be so far ahead. It won't matter trouble. if
2: he leaves the next year. I could be in trouble. I could be in real trouble. Go
0: back to one on eleven.
2: Hell. If uh they all can't leave. When Mario Cristobal rebounds this year, has a great season after the gaff with you know trying to run the ball late against Georgia Tech, and then gets the Michigan job, then I'm screwed on that bet too. I have a two year bet for wins with Miami. He wouldn't leave home. I don't think Mario Cristobal has any loyalty at all. So if Michigan came in and they're like twelve mil a year,
1: but I think you you did leave out one other key factor though is that? that well. How many more games is Colorado going to get than everybody else? Uh, because they could go six and six next year and be one of the twelve teams in the playoff. You think they're going to leave them out with the money that they could potentially make? Can they justify a six and uh, six team somehow? I, if they're four and eight, they'll be in the Stop. playoff. You're ridiculous. You know that's when it, that's going to happen.
2: Okay, I'm going to give you the floor. There's there's a new uh, there's some new evidence out there about Harbaugh. Is there? Adams take yesterday on his guy Harbaugh and Michigan was so what? Everyone should be trying to steal signs. It's part of the game. It, it is part of the game, but not the way they were doing it. How do we know what they were doing? Uh one, we've got evidence now what? The the Marine was at 30 different Big 10 games? No. Watching 11 different teams? He bought tickets for the games. We have so Why but, was he
0: buying tickets for the games? For his friends.
2: Yeah, his friends. Okay. And and any of this film that we Got today of him standing directly next to the defensive coordinator, an analyst giving advice on plays because he knows what's coming because he knows the signals. Yeah, that's not
1: damning. No, you should you should be stealing signals again uh, if, if it's right legally if it's elect yeah if it's well an it's electronic. all illegal but but no if it's an electronic no method, if it's
2: advanced you scouting you're not supposed to do it.
1: You could, you can, yes. But during the game, you could do it. But here's the other part. That's not what I said. Somebody put out a thing today. Yes. Because this is what what you wanted me to address. You showed it to me. Somebody put out a thing. They're like, here he tells the defensive coordinator what to call, and then they call a perfect defense, and then they don't show the play. That's one example. Why would? They, okay, this is the supposed to be the gotcha evidence. Had Why the would they not show the play? They had the plays this year. Why would they not show the play? They,
2: they knew the plays this year against both UNLV and Rutgers. Okay, so to More now, evidence to will point, come out.
1: To my point, here is this the damning evidence that's out there right now that people are going – that For you pointed it out. It's the first For thing now. that's been leaked. Okay, the first thing didn't show the play. It was poorly edited. What? So they're like, watch this. He tells the defensive coordinator what to call, and then they call a perfect not defense a, to stop the play. It's not and then they don't
2: show the play. It's not a one-day process. And if you want to defend – Harbaugh in his dirty ways then you can also side with Paul Feinbaum who thinks that hey this is a witch hunt which goes back to what we were just talking about a few minutes ago that Jim Harbaugh won't be at Michigan because he is going to get the Bears job he's going to the NFL he wanted to go last year but it's he's awful. such a freaking quirky weird guy it's just going to take the right organization to go we are so G-damn desperate that his quirkiness and his arrogance about getting the job because that's I think that's what cost him the job in Minnesota it was like Apparently he didn't even go to interview. It was no. like a coronation, like, okay, what are the terms? Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. we're interviewing. Hey, do you, you don't you have you the job me? yet. What do you pay me? But there they there are organizations. He's, he's earned that. Okay.
0: No, so they called me. That's what he should have said. Hey, why else would he need to go yeah. to the interview? But also, did you guys see the Matt Rule video that I sent in? Where Matt Rule, you know, another college coach, maybe not as successful as Jim Harbaugh, he said that's what teams should be doing. Because we need to get with the times and get electronics that's, on that's, the field. Which is what, which <laughs> who said yesterday? That's fine. That's They
2: Shepherds. have it in high school. They yeah, have they, it in the NFL. Right. Why they don't they have it in should be doing it. But Jim Harbaugh wasn't doing this out of goodness of his heart to prove a point. He's trying to win football games. He might have been doing it. At any cost.
1: He might have been trying to make a case. No, he wasn't. I think that's what he was doing. Stop. He's trying to help out college football move into the new century. Yeah,
2: I do think the end game, though, and unfortunately for you, he is going to leave Michigan.
1: That's that's which fine. is a shame
2: because I think he's mostly good for the game yeah. and he whatever. So get get Michigan a championship this year and then go next year. So Harbaugh is dirty. He's at times embarrassing university with his tactics. But you hate Juwan Howard. Okay. Oh yeah. okay. like Juwan right. Howard. Okay. Makes
1: sense. <laughs> Why? Oh, because he's – Because the one thing the Michigan basketball program had was – Watch this. They were the cleanest program anywhere. Look at, look at this. And they were competing at the highest levels with – I mean, go back and look. Look at their recruiting history. They weren't taking big-time recruits. They were saying, we'll take who we can get to playing clean and try to compete. And it was really, really fun to watch I, who I think is the best coach in all of sports and John Beeline do that. To say, I will take whatever I can get and go beat your big-time paid guys. So Harbaugh is win-at-all-cost guy who will cross the line.
2: That was never the football Howard, program before. Howard does the same thing, plays the game you have to play, but you defend Harbaugh to the death, right, you don't that, like Jawan want That Howard.
1: was never the football program before. Hmm. When was the football program ever super squeaky clean? Never. It's a totally different program. I'm, I'm all for cutting corners. So what, B- B- if line gave games. you a little
2: break from... The freaking Fab Five days and after and it was, before.
1: Yeah, it was a, it was a that was that was what was special about the program for a long time, was that they weren't they weren't doing anything, anything questionable whatsoever, and they were just going out and and trying to beat beat people with whatever players they the could right get. way exactly. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? That was it, that's not. It's a different program. When has the football program ever been clean?
2: I, I'm, I if we argue this, it's going to be 20 minutes of just going around in a circle. Yeah. It makes no sense. It
1: does. That's not what that program was. I
2: know football to be dirty, so being dirty yeah. is okay. Yeah. Basketball had a small period of time where it wasn't dirty, and I love that.
1: And now that they're program. back to being dirty, yeah. and I don't like it. That pro, That's what that program was about. Okay. The football program was never about that. That's total two totally different situations. They make the Final Four. He's changing his tune. No.
2: Basketball? Right. Now nah, he's nah, never I'm, been on board. I don't even pay board. attention
1: to the team anymore.
2: He pays attention. I don't he's like. He's never. It. He's never been on board with Juwan Howard. He's no, been. He's and I been love consistent. what
1: Juwan did as a player. I love Jawan as a player. But that's not what this program was supposed to be about. The you football program's is fine. Football program is fine.
2: Um, we've got college basketball coming up, like, like, like right around the corner, and a bunch of it here in Vegas, both with the Lady Rebels and the Running Rebels, and then we've got all these invitationals. The season's going to open here with LSU women in town in a doubleheader involved with the men's side, you know, with uh, USC and Kansas State. So, as it turns out, Kevin Kruger and, and uh, UNLV just went down to USC to play a scrimmage. So we had a chance to grab Kevin Kruger today after practice and asked him, hey, uh, how did things go? What would you get out of this scrimmage in L.A.?
4: That was great. Uh, those closed-door scrimmages can do a lot of good. I felt uh, uh, this one did a lot of good for us. It was a great... Uh, I don't want to say measuring stick, but it was a great opportunity to play against other people. Um, a group that was obviously bringing back a lot of guards and a lot of experience. Uh, some big guys, of course, as well. With the, They have high expectations, and and we do as well. So it was good to get out there and play against someone else. How did you think your bigs performed? Our bigs did a really good job. Really good job. There was a lot of activity, um, a lot of communication. And, and I, I told the guys going into these uh, – closed door scrimmages the thing we look for the most is intent and cooperation you know we want we want to figure out what's going to work uh, or you know who's going to really just dive in with both feet about making things work um engagement from the bench you know all those things that, that you can get a pretty good look at from a closed door scrimmage that it's hard to gauge when you're doing inner squad um so uh but I, I, all that being said uh, we were able to look at a lot of different rotations a lot of different lineups um situations you know it was a you know, kind of came down to the end where we were able to draw some things up, experiment with things, and uh, and I know they did as well, too. So I, I know Coach uh, Enfield was, was uh, pretty excited about some of the opportunities they got and, and the way it kind of played out. So uh, we're looking forward to you know, their comeback this direction next year, so we'll hopefully have the same kind of success that um, we had from this past weekend.
2: Talking about the end-of-game situations, I mean, it's early, so obviously roles develop, but last year was heartless. That's you know what it came down to, and there were some other options, but it would have been heartless. This year, right now, do you feel like you have three or four guys, one or two, uh, you know, who could be in the
4: mix for that end-of-game situation? Uh, we do, I mean, just because, you know, when you talk about DJ's playmaking ability um, and then in the way Webb shot it last year, of course, Jalen's ability to get downhill, the, you know, the Boone Twins, Kayla, or uh, you know, Ice's size, you know, we, we do. We have a lot of uh, different looks and opportunities. Uh, but the, the one I think that has stuck out the most is because we, as we chart and we stat everything is uh, the way Lou's been shooting it. Um, you know, it just gives us another weapon. Um, it just makes things that much uh, better for everybody. And, uh, it just kind of adds another element to the end of games where we got a number of guys that can, that can make shots and a number of guys that can make plays. So we should be able to draw up some, some good stuff. Putting
2: aside the fact that
4: you'd want DJ to
2: play against the power five team, um, in a way, was it a, a positive to get some other people out
4: there with more looks at point guard? Yeah. I mean, cause you know, when he's not on the floor, we're gonna, we've got some things that we've we've taken looks at all summer and uh, and all fall and in being able to go against somebody else uh, cuz you know those situations are just there they're while you draw them up and you try to simulate a game as much as you can in practice you just you never know what certain players are going to do you know if, especially when you're trying to get a quick two or you're trying to get a drop a play for specifically for a three or a post touch or whatever you're kind of hoping to do is 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 great in practice and you try to simulate it but until you play against somebody else that has you know their own philosophy and their own style it's uh it's kind of a lot of guesswork and that's where i thought the scrimmage uh, was just really good for us
2: is there a benefit to playing games like this even
4: in an empty gym on the road yeah i mean most of the times that we don't hear the stuff that goes on in the arena in the crowd anyway um So while there's not like that pregame electricity with the band and the, and the, and the fans kind of coming in there's, there's still an excitement to it. And I think, uh, so I I do, I, I'm a personal believer. We should be able to play three exhibition games against division one opponents, just like the NBA kind of does with their preseason where they don't count against your record, but you get to put the lights on, you get to have people come watch and you really get a true look um, uh, at your roster against other division one teams. And, but, hey, that's an argument for another day, I guess. I think we've
2: talked about this before, but with more recent results, talk about what's going on right now with Vegas, with full-eligible football team. Mm-hmm. This had a parade yesterday with a nice crowd showing up for the Aces. Obviously, Wendy's
4: got high expectations. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool what's going on right now, and I, I'm assuming the fans are going to get behind it too and, and back you guys. I think so. You know, like we talked about on media day, I think it's just right now it's cool to go support sports teams. Uh, obviously, the Aces winning is, is huge. The Knights, uh, the the expectations they have this year, of course, winning the Stanley Cup last year. Lindy and her group. I think the what it's created is instead of everybody sit around and complain, it's kind of created this this atmosphere and this energy to like go support the, you know the local sports teams here in Vegas. And and I think we're going to follow. Uh, right behind I think uh, what football what coach Odom's doing with football is awesome you know first time bowl eligible and as uh, far as I can you know remember for a while so uh, a great stepping stone for them and the uh, but those guys are playing they're having fun they're playing loose and for each other I think the wins are going to keep coming and I think it's uh just like it does in any sport it's uh, it's going to trickle down and and uh kind of spread across the department and but like I said I think most most importantly right now it's cool to go to Sporting events and we're hoping that people come to Thomas and after this group.
2: There he is. Kevin Kruger, the head coach for the runner rebels, Damon, Adam Hill, Cofield. So yeah, um Rebels went and played at USC. USC no Brawny. They're missing two of their big guys who averaged, I think uh, last year they combined for about eleven points and eight rebounds. six eleven dude Morgan and a seven one dude rebels were without DJ Thomas and you heard me address that in the middle of the interview with Kevin Krueger um he's got a, a left hand a shooting hand um injury but he was shooting today he wasn't in, in uh, the middle of the the you know the in the mix I wouldn't risk it you know what I mean they're they're playing hard and they're they're defending hard so I wouldn't risk it uh, we'll see about his availability I would assume he'd be ready early um in would, about two weeks I would guess he absolutely will be ready for game number three um, so, and, uh, also no, uh, Keelan Boone, the bigger of the two Boone twins. So he's not eligible yet waiting on the NCAA on his second transfer, which I think they're trying to crack down on. So I'm not sure they're going to approve Keelan Boone, but 67, 64 loss rebels led at the half. Both teams didn't shoot well, not a shocker right early in the season in a, in a scrimmage, Um, Isaiah Collier led all scorers. He had 23. He's projected as the 24th pick in the NBA draft. He was the number one recruit in the country in the 2023 class that actually went to school. Uh, Ron Holland decided to pass on college. Um, But 6'5", 210-pound freshman out of Georgia. So I heard he was very good. But beyond that, uh, the core for UNLV, I mean, they expect a lot more from Lou Rod, Luis Rodriguez. He had 17 in the game. Uh, Jalen Hill defended well and rebounded. He had ten rebounds. Didn't shoot it well, uh, but the guys who got the most minutes were Jalen Hill, who's back here, you know, Clark H- uh, High School guy who went to Oklahoma. Uh, Webster got a lot of minutes. Uh, Lou Rod got a lot of minutes, and then after that, it was uh, Isaiah Cattrell started at the big position. He got like fourteen minutes. I've been saying all off season, I think Robert Wiley is going to be one of the key players on this team, and uh, he's he's the undersized guy, not from a width and straight standpoint. But he's going to play some center at 6'5 and 250. So he got minutes. Uh, Caleb Boone did pretty well scoring off the bench. And then uh, we'll see how the rest of the guys do. Uh, Shane Noel, Hicks, he's a freshman. Jackie Johnson, uh, Big Carl, he played a little bit. So there you go. Decent matchup against USC. So expectations from the coaches were pretty low. You know, we didn't really concentrate. Actually, you weren't out there that day at Mountain West Conference Media Day. Um, UNLV was picked behind... Reno and Colorado State and New Mexico, and then the top two teams. I think Boise's the best and San Diego State's second. But people are going to put San Diego State higher naturally. I don't think they realize the talent on Boise and who San Diego State lost. So I would say, what do you think? High expectations for UNLV, tempered? Expectations. I mean, I was thinking about it, going against USC, I'm sorry, going against USC and, and playing them from an intimidation factor, but like, oh, you're at USC, and then you start thinking about the guys on the UNLV roster, like they've all been at a level where they're, this is not a big deal yeah. for them. They've yeah. all been power, most of them have been power five
1: players. It's also like you're not going into an intimidating environment and you know oh, dealing with road some, crowds. Some
2: might that. argue that the Galen Center in a real game is not an intimidating environment. That's true. It's a cool place. I know you it's like a, it. There's Chick Fil A They do not. I, well, it's a, once kind of cool. I, you love that part, yeah. Once, <laughs> uh, once Bronny and I. I hope he gets to play. You know, at least by the the new year, they should be filling that place. If they can't fill, what does it hold? Nine. It's a small
1: arena. It's small, but it, it's super nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, right there. It's a big defender of the arena. Right across. I love it. It's right right across from uh from the football stadium and uh, right there on campus. <laughs> it's great. Just a just a few blocks from crypto. And
2: I don't want to sound selfish because the. It's important that Bronny is healthy and he doesn't have a heart issue that's very, you know, super serious. They all are. But that's going to affect him long term. My lord, we lose out. We could have seen him in his college debut here, but he's probably not going to play. At T-Mobile on November 6th. So, I jumped over you guys on expectations. What do you think?
0: I'm tempered. You know, I was real excited last season. Conference play happened. and uh, But, you know, I'm just going to hold my breath.
2: I think if I knew... Well, I'm pretty confident that DJ Thomas will be back and, and remain healthy. If I knew both of the Boone Twins were definitely going to be playing, then I think that's – expectations could be as high as third place in the Mountain West. So I'd probably say um, no lower than sixth or seventh. Maybe fifth is the uh, – fifth or fourth is the upside. But the, the middle of the conference is pretty even.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of a lot of fans, you know, are, are – Probably tempering expectations for the most part because it seems like every year for like the last you know ten years you've had wow look at this list of incoming players like if they come together and then they don't come together and they do for stretches and they have big wins and you're like this is what they could be I also I I think they've been a snake bitten program from a health standpoint and I know
2: all programs suffer injuries they just that's my biggest thing is like if I knew that everyone was going to stay healthy for the most part then I'd be much more confident but it just seems like they've Phone and a bad luck in almost every season. I mean, look, who knows what kind of season they could have had last year if Parquet had stayed healthy? The kind of defense they were playing yeah. up yeah. until that Washington State was game, and then he gets crazy. hurt, and then he sat out, and that's when they hit that six of seven skid in Mountain West Conference play, and then he just could not come back and play, and they were never the same defensively. No, he was the whole key. So we'll have um, we'll have Mountain West conversations that we've done. To here to get ready for the season over the next couple weeks so we still have a bunch of conversations with opposing coaches on the schedule um and we'll be out there a bunch more during practice so damon you got to come out seriously all right so i'll put the uh, you should have seen the crowd there today oh yeah it was, it was a good crowd
0: do not need to put the word in or do i just say i'm with steve
2: now, we have this conversation drop a lot steve, drop steve's name all, he, all you got to do just just email over to uh the contacts and just say yeah i'm coming I'm Demond. When's the next practice? I'm in. Tell me. Ah. Tell them. Actually, they might just
1: see you at the gym getting up jumpers, and <laughs> yep. invite you out to practice. They want to come upstairs. <laughs> you have any eligibility left? Cofield and Company presents. hold Grab bag.
3: Don't touch it. Don't even look at it.
1: Only on ESPN, Las Vegas. Las Vegas.
3: Stick your hand in there,
1: Dave. All
2: right, thanks to all of our guests today. Miles Simmons did a great job. Sammy P. as well. Combos with UNLV football player Jack Haas. Runner Rebel coach Kevin Krueger and, of course, Shannon Kelly from up there, up north with Nevada Sportsnet. We are going to skedaddle and join the Las Vegas Phillies game in progress. So stick around. MLB is coming up.